Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Triangles Meditation Group. Today is March 22nd, 2021. And we work together each week as a group to support and strengthen our daily practice. For those of you who work in Triangles know that it's not just a weekly webinar. Uh, it's a daily practice wherein you link with two other people and visualize a triangle of lighted energies flowing between the three of you. And then you work to connect with the entire network of people all over the world who are engaged in this triangle's work. And you visualize the planet as a whole surrounded by a vibrant scintillating network of triangles. And then as you radiate the energies, you use the great invocation, a world prayer. And through this means, we distribute these energies of light and goodwill throughout the whole planet to anyone who can respond to this spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. So we simply come together each week to stimulate our own daily practice and to work together as a group on the physical plane because most of our work is always done uh, spiritually. And so as we work together in triangles, we have the powerful opportunity to work at dissipating what is called the glamour in illusion in our planet through these are the clouds and the mists that block our ability and the ability of all humanity to see clearly um, beneath the outer surface of events. So as we work together, releasing light and goodwill, we help to dissipate those fogs and those mists and um, see more clearly. So it's a powerful tool for planetary evolution. And I'd like to introduce our guest for today. His name is Hoop Pitti, and he worked uh, since his retirement in 2015 as a music teacher in all kinds of education, from primary education to the conservatory. He was also the conductor of various choirs and orchestras, most recently at the Technical University of Aachen in Germany. His interest in the works of Blavatsky and Bailey arose in the 90s and together with his wife, he laid the foundation for a meditation group in Maastricht. As a spin-off from this, he developed a website after his retirement, which is www.tanacademy.org, where the results of this work were elaborated and also together with several group members in the Netherlands and under the direction of Mintse van der Velde and the Arcane School in Geneva, he's currently working on the re-edition of Alice Bailey's books in the Netherlands. And his talk is going to be on the theme of sounding triangles, blending his esoteric and his more esoteric service. And who uh, requested that we, if you have any questions, 
that you send them to us at, at triangles.newyork at lucistrust.org. And that we'll forward those questions to him because his talk is a little bit longer than the usual talk. And so we won't have time for many uh, comments or any comments and questions today. So if you have questions, please send them to us. Um, if you have comments, you can just write those in the chat box and we can email them to him. So as we do each week, let's work together with our opening visualization. Let's come together, visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy, projecting a line of light towards the spiritual hierarchy. And visualizing a triangle, a planetary triangle, with the three primary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and present, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers.
Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star out through the five points. London. Darjeeling. New York, Geneva, Tokyo, Visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So we're working now at the beginning of the new year, spiritually speaking, as the sun has entered, passed through the equinox on Saturday, sun's entered into Aries, the sign of beginnings, the sign, the first of the three spiritual festivals, that great triangle in the spiritual year. And we in triangles can be instrumental in helping to 
bring through and ground the energies, the special energies that are always available through each of these um, festivals of what's called the higher interlude. So we really appreciate your working together with us at this time. And Lucis Trust will be holding our Aries festival on this coming Sunday. The Aries full moon occurs at 2.48 p.m. New York time. And our meeting will begin at two. And we have a special opportunity to be together in meditation at the exact time of the full moon. So any of you who can link up with our event, again, starting at 2 p.m., please do so. So this preparatory period during the three spiritual festivals is really extended. You know, we usually take a five-day preparatory, uh, a three-day preparatory period. Um, well, generally a two-day, actually, excuse me. And then on these uh, higher interlude periods, we can often extend that to three days, a three-day preparatory period. And so we're fortunate this year in that that prep preparation period is really enhanced uh, quite substantially by an alignment in the heavens between Venus and the sun, which occurs on Friday. So these alignments, exact alignments between Venus and the sun occur every nine months, but the whole period of the Venus cycle, one uh, arm of the star, which Venus makes with the earth, with the sun over an eight year period, occurs over an 18 month period. So the last time this particular alignment, which is called a superior um, alignment between Venus and the sun, kind of like a Venus full moon was a year and a half ago. And these occur with great regularity every nine and then 18 months. So it's a time when the energies of the Earth's soul, because esoterically understood, the Earth stands as the personality to Venus as the soul. So there's a very deep connection between our two planets. And we're told, as I've said many times, that Venus gives three times of the light which she takes in to our Earth. So she's really involved in our stimulation spiritually. So when she aligns with the sun in her full moon period, you can imagine how much light she's taking in, probably from extra systemic forces. So we're very fortunate um, that this alignment is occurring during the lead up to the Aries full moon on Sunday. So I think it's as if we're told by the ancients that Venus is sitting in the heart of the sun. It's uh, on the throne. The spiritual part of the sun is really being uh, the place where Venus is drawing alignment from, as I said, extra systemic forces. And just to say a few words about the opportunity that's always with us during the Aries full moon, at each of the three spiritual festivals, we're told that there are special forces that pour in. 
during each one. And during the Aries full moon, the forces are known as the forces of restoration. We're not really told much about what these forces actually are, but I would think that they are forces that pour in beyond and through the constellations of Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. So they give an added potency to each of these constellations in a similar manner that we do when we work with Capricorn energies every seven years at the festival week, we're told that the constellation Capricorn is overshadowed by a, an extra zodiacal constellation. I think that we could look at it in a similar light that each year at each of these festivals, there's some major constellation alive, ray energy that pours in through each of these signs. And so during Aries, they are, as I said, the forces of restoration. And these forces condition and are related to the mind of humanity. There's an opportunity for the renewing of our minds. And we've all been through quite a bit during this past year where this renewal is perhaps most uh, needed. And so there's a tremendous light that we can appropriate pouring through. And the Tibetan clarifies that this light does not, is not just for the spiritual seekers of the world. This light stimulates the mind of all humanity, no matter what their level of consciousness or understanding. So new ideas can be captured and formulated. And he says that it's related to the creation of new forms. So although the energies stimulate the mind, it's about uh, concretizing. Aries is about bringing those ideas down into a physical form. And he actually states that these energies are related to the healing of not only our physical bodies, but the bodies of the animal kingdom as well. For all of us are in need of healing and these energies can be appropriated and used. And together they constitute an opportunity, he says, in the creation of the new earth. So that's a powerful thought, these energies that are available to us. And they're related to the last line of the fourth stanza of the great invocation. Let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwell. So as that door is closed through the collective will of humanity and hierarchy, then this restorative energies, which that hierarchy is pouring into humanity at this time can lead, as I said, to the creation of the new earth. So let's now work in our meditation. Let's link in thought as a soul 
as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. Project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center of spiritual will, the center Shambhala. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network.
lift the consciousness now to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangles network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. We center the consciousness within the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward. 
of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. As we sound the great invocation, silently or aloud, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light, within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells.
let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you everyone. And now we're going to welcome Hoop to our broadcast. Hello, Hoop. Hello, Kathy. Welcome. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you great. Okay, very good. Well, a good evening from Maastricht in the Netherlands to all participants associated with us. Thanks to Cathy Newburn for inviting me to do this talk. My name is Hup Pitti and I worked as a music teacher and conductor until my retirement a few years ago. My talk is therefore musically motivated and it is a great pleasure for me to share with you some of my ideas about the connection between music and triangles. The text and accompanying presentation can be downloaded as a PDF afterwards, and it is provided with a number of footnotes with interesting complementary facts. I hope you will avail yourself of the very full information in them. My choice for this very day is not without meaning because yesterday, Johann Sebastian Bach would have celebrated his 336th birthday. And for most musicians, he is considered the greatest in our field. Now, let's start with the sounding triangles. Within our working area, we are familiar with triangles in all shapes and sizes. First of all, the triangle formed by will and purpose, love, wisdom, active intelligence, the three main rays of our energetic system. We find modifications of this triangle in all kinds of religions. For example, the Trinity with the Christians, the Trimurti in Hinduism, the Tiratana of Buddhism, the three highest Sephirot of Jewish Kabbalah, and so on. It is therefore not surprising 
that the triangle forms the basis of the planetary network of light and goodwill. From a geometrical point of view, the triangle is the most stable formation in the plane. And from the triangle, all other shapes, both two and three dimensional, can be built, as this illustration shows. Pythagoras stated that three is the first true number. The three is the first number that forms a geometric figure, the triangle, which gives structure and thus offers security and control. Without the three, further creation is impossible. The Tao says about this, Tao gives birth to one. One gives birth to two. Two gives birth to three. Three gives birth to the 10,000 things. So, the three is everywhere. When we look carefully around us, we see the three and the three division of the world everywhere. Triple time, past, present, future. Birth, life, death, or three division of space and matter. Length, width, height. Minerals, plants, animals. Solid, liquid, gas. Body, mind, spirit. In daily life, you act in three ways, in thought, in speech, and in action. You supply blood, sweat, and tears, and you cheer three times on someone's birthday. In fairy tales, things often happen three times. The hero is given three commands or wishes, and blessings or curses are said three times to be effective. Three is a divine number. It is the representative of all potentials, which you see reflected in countless symbolic, religious, and mythological stories. The Holy Trinity is about the three energetic primal principles of life, impulse, manifestation, and transformation, the three aspects of being, which make up the circle of life. The cosmic impulse, the idea, white, is followed by embodiment, manifestation, red, and then death, transformation, black. In esoteric psychology, we know the threefold compound gross body, the threefold compound personality, and the three permanent atoms. Esoteric astrology speaks of the threefold energy responsible for the personality, the threefold soul, and the threefold monad. The number three and the triangle also play a major role in music. For example, we know the triad as the basis of the Western polyphony. In a few monumental works, such as Die Zauberflöte, Mozart, the Magic Flute, and the Matthäus Passion, John Sebastian Bach, St. Matthew Passion, the number three plays a prominent role. 
According to many, the three most important heroes among the composers of the West are John Sebastian Bach, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, and Ludwig van Beethoven. They are absolute beacons for all composers who came after them, and we consider them to be dedicated disciples in the realm of music. The three of them had their working lives spanning approximately 125 years. Music exists by the grace of sound, physically vibrating air. A sound, be it a tone, a murmur, or some other sounding manifestation, consists of a combination of partial tones. We will limit ourselves here to musical tones. During my working life as a music teacher and conductor, I have always been intrigued by the phenomenon of overtones. As we know, these are co-resonant notes with the dominant root note. These so-called epiphenomena have a rigid mathematical organization. Their combination and individual intensity is largely responsible for the property timbre of the sounding tones and sounds. A music score is therefore nothing more than a collection of signposts that seem to say, in a nutshell, if you follow these roads, there is a chance that you will experience something beautiful. How is the harmonic sequence structured? From the root note upwards, a series of notes is heard, the distance between which becomes smaller and smaller towards the top. The root note itself is followed by the octave, the greatest possible distance within the octave. This is followed by the perfect fifth, the perfect fourth, the major third, the minor third, and then decreasing intervals, which are soon no longer part of our Western tonal system and which only approximate the tones and intervals of it. So you could say that in the overtone series upwards, certain notes start to sound more and more false. This does not have to be a problem because the strength and intensity of the higher overtones also decreases. A skilled instrument builder minimizes the effect of those dissonant overtones and ensures that the desired overtones come out more strongly. Singers do this by making balance used where and as far as possible of the cavities of the head, throat and chest, each of which accounts for part of the sound spectrum. The overtone series is also at the basis of our Western harmonic system, our functional harmony theory, and thus of our polyphony. After all, the first five partial tones, namely the root with four overtones, form a so-called major triad, which forms the basis of our major scales. This is also where the number three comes into play. This number plays an important role in all kinds of areas, varying from philosophy, religion, culture, social relationships, and therefore also music. Think about it. 
tonality is based on three main functions, which we call tonic, dominant, and subdominant. In our Western tone system, a tone has three modalities, natural, lowered or flat, and raised or sharp. Many musical forms are in principle three part as the song, the rondo, sonata form, and the classical concerto forms. And just as the triangle is geometrically the strongest geometric structure, so is the trinity in music. Ultimately, we arrive at the most important triangle that has played a role in my music, musical past, the triangle composer, performer, listener. The three possible relationships within this triangle could be described as follows. First relationship, composer versus performer. The composer designs, that is to say, he receives an idea originating from an external or internal source, prompted to do so by an assignment from outside or by an idea that evokes the urge to develop in him. He converts this idea into a language that can be understood by others, usually the musical notation, and with which he crystallizes his idea as it were. To do this, he must make use of knowledge and techniques that have been supplied to him from his training or from tradition. Of course, he can also choose to translate his ideas in a non-conventional way and create a new musical language. Naturally, he remains bound by the limitations imposed by the performing medium. The performer has to make the translation into audible sound and will thereby almost inevitably interpret. This means that he will perform the music with his own personality and thus enriching it with his own illusions and glamours. In addition, he has to deal with the limitations imposed by the instrument, the space and his technical skills as well as the feedback he experiences from the audience. That brings us to the second relationship, performer versus audience. The performance uses vibrating air as a medium and thus reaches the listener. The performer too experiences the music in a personal way which has everything to do with its physical and spiritual qualities. With regard to the latter, his musical perception is colored by his experiences and memories, his knowledge, his emotional sensitivity, and in newer or never heard music, his willingness to be open to what is heard. The listener thus also places a layer of illusions and glamours on the perceived music as it were. Even if he feels that the music does not move him emotionally, he still perceives the sounds and can think of it. 
And then the third relationship, audience versus composer. Often this relationship is one-way traffic. Usually the composer does not know the listener and there is no information transfer in that direction. The listener, on the other hand, can delve into the music heard or yet to be heard and into the life of the person who made it. By the way, this applies to the relationship between the audience and the performer as well. He can also process information about the resources needed to produce the music, but that does not usually happen at the time of the performance. The role of manner of reproduction, such as by radio, TV, records, streaming, etc., is, according to some, rather dubious in this regard. It is not without reason that the conductor Sergio Celibidake categorically refused during his life to have recordings of his concerts made because he felt that music only had meaning at the time and place where it was performed. In case that it was reproduced with technical aids, this would be an act of untruth because there was no sound system capable of doing justice to all aspects of the living music experience. In short, within the triangle composer, performer, listener, there is an energetic exchange and processing of information that transcends the purely mental fifth-ray activity of spoken and written language. It is not without reason that Beethoven said, music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. This means that the triangle is also a founding principle in music and in my opinion, being active and passive with music is also a form of triangle work in which the interaction between designer and receiver is less defined, it's true, but in which it is indeed present in a higher sense. Thank you, so Thank you for your attention. Thank you so much, Hoop. We do actually have a few minutes, so we can open it up to anyone who would like to comment or question or share a thought that they might have by either placing their thoughts um, in the chat box or with uh, raising their hand. But Hoop has said that he prefers not to answer questions um, because of some of the language difficulties, although his English is very good, as you could hear. But if you do want to just make a comment, um, we have a few minutes. There is someone who has her hand, uh, hand raised, but I don't know if that's... Um, Etna, did you have a comment? I guess not. 
Um, so I could read a few of the comments. And as I said, if it's a question, please send it to us at triangles.newyork at lucistrust.org and we'll forward it to Um, yeah, there's a couple questions here. And then Kit says, thank you very much for an interesting, lovely presentation. Um, another question, which we will send to you, if people would just send it to us, it would be the easiest thing. Um, Susanna writes, like music, everything is frequency. Very beautiful presentation. Um, another question. Um, Eduardo writes, a feast of thought. Thank you. Santana writes, thank you for the wonderful talk, connecting so many triangles. Um, okay. Jeannie writes, music is so important. Thank you very much. A lot of thank yous, uh, a lot to ponder. Someone's asking about the PDF and it's just been uploaded again. It was uploaded earlier. Uh, Tom writes, music is the soul of the arts. Gabriella writes, music is so important. Thank you very much. Music, uh, Robert writes, music is an advanced transmission protocol. Nicole writes, thought-provoking talk, fascinating connection between triangles and music. Thank you. Um, Rosalita writes, uh, great presentation of unknown views on music, many thanks. Um, Marie writes, thank you, Hoop, for sharing your idea on music and triangles. It is of great value to me as a singer and amateur composer to get more insight and understanding considering this wonderful magic. Alex writes, thank you, Hoop, for this excellent presentation. The point about the experience of live music versus re recorded is so important. We all need this now, thank you. Um, Gary writes, interesting idea about how glamors and illusions affect the performance. I'm assuming this also refers to the glamors and illusions of an orchestra and possibly choir. Maybe meditation needs to occur before a performance. Well, I'm glad that, that so many agreed with the, 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 the connections that uh, can be led between music and, uh, and, and uh, esoterics. Yeah. Um, someone wrote in German, so I can't read that one. I don't know if it's German, but... <laughs> yeah, Danke, uh, Musik ist die Sprache des... Music is the language of the heart. Okay. I hope you will, <clears throat> uh, Jeannie writes, I hope you'll come to the Triangles group another time. Uh, yes, we all do. 
Um, Robert writes, music is a good way to practice mysticism. James writes, thank you, Hoop, do you think? Well, here's a question. So uh, again, uh, we asked that any questions be sent to us. Um, Eduardo writes, how wonderful to see the boundaries between art and science being dissolved. The universe is truly mathematics and sound. How intuitively the great composers reflected that. Thank you. Uh, Jeannie asks if we can listen to this again. Yes, it's available on, we have a podcast, uh, Inner Sight. It's available on your podcast apps. All of these are always uploaded on that. And also triangles.org uh, under webinar, you can listen to audios and also triangles.org uh, blog there also. Okay. Uh, your sister says, thank you for introducing me. Compliments from your sister. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's just thank Hoop again. And we will just take a moment to link up with all Triangles members throughout the world with a moment of silence. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Hoop. Okay, thank you.